What's up, sinners? Welcome back to the Bible Belt Atheist Podcast. Coming to you live once again from the capital city of the Bible Belt, lovely Lynchburg, Virginia. Coming to you for a Wednesday sermon, a little revival that I think we all need. Hey, 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 it's the day before Thanksgiving. So let me wish you and yours a very happy Thanksgiving. If you're here in the United States uh, celebrating with us, I hope you have a happy, safe, fun holiday. And for everyone outside of the United States, I'm sure everyone has their own version of Thanksgiving. I hope you have a wonderful Thursday as well. So what are we thankful for? Um, I, I've been thinking about that uh, the last couple of days, and I've had a couple ideas I want to run by, and I think it's it's perfect for a Wednesday sermon to get rejuvenated here in the middle of the week as we're moving forward into what I have is a four-day weekend. I'm happy about that. Thank you very much. So uh, what am I thankful for? I'm thankful for the obvious stuff, the things that are right there in front of you that um, are easy to see and easy to figure out. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my mom and my brother, uh, happy and healthy, and they're doing well. I'm thankful very much for my girlfriend. Um, she's amazing. I'm very thankful for her. Um, I'm, I'm here talking to you because she saved my life a couple of years ago during the COVID scare. So I'm very thankful for her and her son. And, um, you know, just thankful for the people around me that I care about, that everybody's happy and healthy. And we're all going to eat like pigs tomorrow and watch football. And I'm thankful for that. But the less obvious that I've been thinking about and what I'm most thankful for, um, I'm extremely thankful for the fact that three of the four people who had the most to do with my upbringing and the most to do with turning me into the person that I am today, three out of the four people who had the uh, most influence and impact on me as a human and my belief system and my confidence and my attitude. And three of those four people were women. Very important to me. Uh, my grandfather was huge in my life. I'm not going to take anything away from him. So, but the other three were two grandmothers and my mom. And they all taught me in their own special way, um, to think for myself, question things. Don't be afraid to question things. Don't take everything for granted that someone feeds you. Don't, uh, don't assume that just because someone says it over and over and over again, that it must be true. Figure it out, make my own opinions, come up with my own ideas and just don't let the rest of the world bring you down and don't let the rest of the world, um, don't turn into a sheep, basically, is what they taught me. Um, one grandmother in particular, um, it, it, it's crazy to even think that she was able to do the things that she did in her lifetime during the time that she lived. Uh, we're talking about a woman um, that was born in the 20s. And uh, when she was 14 years old, <laughs> she showed up to vote. That's right. A 14-year-old girl in Georgia showed up to vote. And she was told that she couldn't vote. And she asked why. And after several minutes of not hearing any good enough reasons to make her happy or why she shouldn't be allowed to vote, she demanded that she vote. And um, no, she wasn't allowed to vote. 
But, you know, she also wasn't allowed to check out a book from the local library either. So a lot of things were against her. And at a very early age, she figured out that she wanted more out of life than what was going to be handed to her by men. You see where I'm going? And she got that from her mother. So let me let me give you some background. So my grandfather, who was born and raised in Louisiana, uh, grew up on a farm and was a what was known as sharecropping. And uh, so basically, him and his siblings and his and his mother and father lived on this farm that they didn't own, but uh, worked the farm, lived on the farm, and were given just enough to survive. They didn't actually own anything. They didn't get to go out and pick what they get. They had to uh, they had to work the farm, and whoever owned the farm um, gave them whatever they wanted to give them. And yes, it's a form of slavery. I get that. I understand that. That is another term for sharecropping. So my grandfather, who was born and raised in Louisiana, uh, never left the parish, or some of you might know as the county. Uh, he never left the parish that he was born in until he enlisted to join the Marine Corps to go fight in World War II. And he lied about his age to do that. So he was only 17 when he signed up. And uh, back then they didn't have things like birth certificates and social security cards. So nobody could prove that he was lying. So they signed him up. Uh, a man who grew up in Louisiana, if you're familiar with a map at all, you would realize that the Louisiana, the, the biggest part of its border, it borders on the Gulf of Mexico. And uh, my, my grandfather never saw the ocean until he flew over it to go to the South Pacific to fight in World War II. So um, that's a little bit of his background. My grandmother, who I speak so fondly of, was half Native American. She was half Indian. And her mother was full-blooded Native American. So not only was she discriminated against because she was female, and it was the 20s and 30s and 40s, but she was also part Native American. So she was told no a lot. She was told a lot of things that she wasn't allowed to do. And my grandmother was not going to have it. She wasn't going to listen to that bullshit. So she married my grandfather uh, literally within a few months after the end of World War II. They met in Brunswick, Georgia. He was fresh off the boat coming back from the war effort. And um, I don't know quite what she was doing back then, but I'm sure it was pretty rowdy. So they get married, and she tells my grandfather from day one, I'm not going to be a sit-at-home wife. I'm not going to make a bunch of babies with you and sit at home all day. It's not going to happen. So my grandmother went to work, and she worked hard. And she worked for a while as a school teacher. But the most amazing thing that this woman did is you have to understand, this is the Deep South. This is Georgia. This is the 1960s. She's a woman, and she's also half Native American, and she starts selling real estate. And by the end of the 60s, she was making six figures selling real estate. So needless to say, she was a hard worker. She made a lot more money than my grandfather did. He told me that many times. And the one thing that my grandfather always said was that she always did whatever she wanted to do. There was no telling her no. And there was no chance of controlling her. So imagine that. Imagine that home life in the 1960s, if you were my mother growing up, because in the 1960s, she was a, a teenager or preteen. 
And um, that was her influence. That was her role model. It was her mother. Her mother was just badass. So my grandparents were married, and they were divorced before I was born. And part of the reason why they got a divorce is they grew apart. They remained friends. There was no animosity. There was no ill will. I never heard either one of them speak poorly of the other. They always spoke in respect. And my grandmother, once it was legal for a woman to own a business, which that was just a very few years ago. It's very strange. Once uh, it was legal for her to own a business in her own name, she divorced my grandfather. And she went out and she had a series of bars and owned a little motel at one point and some restaurants. And she ran these places. She didn't just own them. They weren't just investments. They were her passion. She loved it. She loved to serve people. She loved to interact with people. She loved to hang out. And boy, oh boy, did she love to drink. Holy shit. Yeah, she she loved to drink so much that uh, one of my mother's childhood homes burned to the ground because she got drunk and passed out while dinner was cooking. So there's that. But she was fiercely independent. And I was fortunate enough as a child to spend a lot of time with her. Um, we lived with her for a while when I was very young. I uh, don't really remember all of that, but I do remember staying with her a lot as a kid growing up. Um, her house was always open. I just walked in, made myself at home. And it was a beautiful thing. It really was. But she was the first person that really made me realize that in order to be happy, well-adjusted, and content in my own existence, that I had to think for myself. I could not count on everyone else looking out for my best interest. It was me and it was only going to be me. She said, don't rely on me. Don't rely on your mother. Don't rely on your stepdad. Don't rely on anybody but yourself because you're the only person, the only person that's ever truly going to look out for you and put your needs ahead of anything else. So I was taught that at a very early age. I was also taught at a very early age that generally when people don't like you, it's because they're jealous of you. So uh, I don't think they had the term back then haters, but her, her feeling was let the haters hate, fuck them. They're just jealous. They can't think for themselves. And, um, you don't really need to waste your time worrying about the considerations of these people. Um, that's what I was taught. And then it, you know, it went down through the lineage and stepped right on my mother. So my mother was without even realizing it, fiercely independent and just wasn't going to depend on a man, was not going to depend on a man. My mother always worked. I've never known my mother to be a sit at home housewife. And most of the time while I was growing up, she worked at least two jobs at least also while going to school to further her education. She's a hard worker and it paid off for her. Now, of course, once I was grown and could pay my own bills, that helped her out a lot. So fiercely independent though. And again, I never, I never saw her let a man tell her what she could or couldn't do. And all of these thoughts and all of these memories got me to thinking, you know, because I'm thinking about what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for these two women. I really am. I'm thankful for the fact that they didn't take any shit. And therefore, they didn't let anybody put that same shit on me. They told me to think for myself. 
and they would not allow anyone else, family, friend, or foe to come into my life and try to tell me anything other than that. So not only was I supported, encouraged, and educated by these women, but I was also protected by these women, protected by outside forces that thought that maybe I should just know my role and keep my mouth shut. You know, we've all had people like that in our lives, right? So now as I'm older and wiser or okay, fine, just older. Now I look back on the world and I look back on things that maybe I didn't notice at the time, but I really notice now. And what I've learned to appreciate is the fact that women are just smarter than men. They just are. And I'm going to give you some examples of why I think that. Number one, the fact that men think they run anything, the fact that a man thinks he's in charge of anything or any person is the perfect example of the true brilliance of the female species. The fact that they let these men think this shit and they don't fight it. They don't, they don't, I mean, they do obviously women stand up, but the fact is that we live in a world and we live in a society where men were always thought to be in charge, right? Has there ever been a religion that you can think of where the leading character in the whole story was a woman? I mean, he had the Virgin Mary. She was pretty important, but she was nothing compared to Jesus and God Almighty, right? So women were taught to know their role. Going back to the ridiculousness of of, uh, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. First of all, poof, man just, just appears because of a thought of an almighty God, a little imaginary wizard in the sky. Thinks it and poof, Adam appears. Well, Adam needs a mate. So we're going to create woman out of one of Adam's ribs or some shit, right? And there it happens. It's just magic. Poof, they just appear. And then a talking snake gets involved and an apple gets eaten and shit just goes sideways. But I'm starting to think, I'm starting to believe that it must have been written. The Bible must have been written by a woman. It had to have been. Because men, for some reason, think they're in charge, but in reality, they're not. Think about what men want. All right, let's let's think about this. Men want sex. Well, women make those decisions. Women get to decide when you get to have sex and if you get to have sex at all. See, there's sex, there's power, and there's money. All things that ultimately women control because they control the first one, right? And... Money, inevitably, and power, inevitably, are what men try to use to get sex. So if the end game is already controlled by the women, the men are just trying to convince themselves that they have some control over it, that they have some say in the whole matter. Women control the sex. They control the bearing of children, okay? So essentially, they control everything. And... These women have men running around like mad, crazy people trying to get sex. They think, oh, I got to get power. I got to get money. And then I can have all the sex I want. Not so fast, little man. Women control that. 
So I think it's a big ploy. I think religion was created by women to make men, as dumb as they are, think that they're in charge of something. Because then that puts all the stress on the men. Men men are the ones that are stressed out most of the time, right? Heart attacks, strokes, worried about paying the bills, and women are just like, ah, maybe you can have sex tonight. Maybe not. But ultimately, they're in control. You ever heard the old saying, you know, happy wife, happy life. A lot of truth to that shit. So if you're a man and your goal is to make your wife happy so you can have a happy life, then guess what? You ain't running shit. You're not in charge. And think about through time, through history, how this has all played out. All right. Religion, obviously controlled by men, right there. I can't think of one religion out there where the lead role or the lead character is played by a woman. I don't see it. Most churches, most, um, religious institutions are, are, they're run by men. They have deacons, you know, you got the women's auxiliary league and they do stuff within the church, but the deacons and the pastor run the place, right? And they got it in their mind. They, they've got it in their mind. We're going to let the women do the, the, the women's auxiliary thing. We're going to let them do it. That's going to make them happy. That's going to keep them in line. That's just going to, that's going to fill their time with stuff to do while we really do the important stuff, right? The important part of being a deacon and the important part of being a pastor and running the church. That's all the important stuff, right? But yet they're all still trying to get laid. You know, that's the difference. I heard a joke one time. It said, What's the difference between men and women? A man gets ready for a date wondering if he's going to get laid. And a woman already knows. Think about it. They run this shit. They run this shit. All right. So let me give you some further examples. We've talked about religion and the fact that men are, you know, they think they run it. So let's talk about the government, right? We've never had a female president in the United States. Now there've been female world leaders all over the world and that's great, but there's never been a female leading the United States, never been a female president. Now I think a lot of this has to do with what we're just talking about, about religion and men have it in their head that women, according to the Bible, according to the Bible are supposed to be subservient, love, honor, and obey. Okay. Honor is okay. You know, being respectful and honoring someone's perfectly fine. Obey, mm, not so much. Obedience. Obedience is what you want your dog to do, okay? You want your dog to be obedient. You should never force obedience on a fellow human because guess what? They have just as much right to be disobedient as you do. Now, we have laws and we have things against oh, killing each other and so on and so forth. But the whole obey thing kind of bothers me. And it's, and it's a one-way street, right? The women are the only ones that are supposed to obey? Is that how that's read? Is that how your, vowel, your vowels your vowels were during your wedding? Men like that shit. Men like just sneaking those little words in there to the to all the ceremonies to make it where, Hey ladies, you're not in charge. Men are. 
So it goes back to the fact that we are a religious country. We are a Christian nation, and I think that's why we've never had a female president. Well, we're getting close. We got one that's a vice president now. I don't know that she would necessarily be the best president. I have several other options that I would uh, be more likely to vote for as far as a female president goes. But our government. So there's never been a female president. And to my knowledge, uh, the military, Joint Chiefs of Staff, things like that, there's never been a female in charge. Like there's never been a general, a female general in charge of the Army or, or the Navy or any wing of the military. And men will tell you it's because, number one, it's in the Bible that it's not supposed to be that way. And number two, they will tell you that women aren't equipped to do that job. Women can't handle it. Physically, they can't handle it. They'll tell you that women are too emotional and they're not as good at making decisions. And that's why they've never been in charge of a wing of the military. Well, I'm going to call bullshit. If you want to see emotion, if you want to see someone get emotional, hang out with a dude who can't get laid. And you will see an emotional motherfucker. Okay? So, um... The female lead in a military hasn't happened for biblical reasons, but I also believe that it hasn't happened because deep down inside, a woman would never willingly take us into a war. And that's not what our leaders want. They want guys that are quick to pull the trigger and quick to go to battle. And they know that a woman will think about things rationally and come up with ulterior solutions, alternative solutions to avoid going to war. And that's not what our government wants. Our our government always wants us to be involved in a war. It just, I've talked about that before. That's a whole nother topic. It's a moneymaker. A lot of money in war. A lot of money in war. So that's probably why we've never had a leader in the military that was female, at least leading a division of the military, because eh, they've got a little bit too much common sense. And they're not quick to just lead people into a war. You know, women don't want their sons to die in battle. See, men, men will say, oh, uh, you know, there's a sense of pride. My son battled and lost his life for our country and nothing makes me prouder. And a woman just doesn't want to see her son die in battle. There's the difference there. A little bit more humanity amongst the, the female gender. A little bit more apathy, a little bit more um, common sense, shall we say? You know, they'll say that women are emotional and irrational, and no, they just think things through more. So, but it goes back to the Bible. I mean, I started talking about the government and I started talking about the military, but it all goes back to the Bible. You know, Eve was supposed to obey Adam. That's what it all comes down to. So if you ever get in a conversation with someone and they try to sell you on the fact that women, that men are just smarter and more physically capable and they handle things better, it's all bullshit. It all goes back to that fucking little book about the imaginary wizard in the sky. And I'm starting to believe, like I said earlier, I'm starting to believe that maybe religions and Bibles and all of this stuff was created by women. To give men something to do, okay? Because they realized early on in civilization that men are dumb. 
but the dumber they are, the bigger their ego seems to be. So rather than worrying about fracturing their ego and seeing all the men of the world lose their mind, women put a plan in, in motion that basically says, hey, we're going to give them this book that tells them they're in charge. Yeah. And then they'll go fight amongst themselves over it. And that's what happens, right? You know, wars and battles have been fought by men, mostly. So these men who always think they're wrong and always think that they're above women are the ones going out killing themselves in wars. Huh. That makes sense, doesn't it? The smarter of the two sexes, the more powerful of the two sexes, the ones that were anointed by God to be in charge and run shit, they're the ones that go off to foreign lands and die for no fucking reason. Now, does that really sound like they're the smarter sex? Does that really sound like men are smarter than women? Nope. Not to me. Hey, maybe I was raised to just be like this. I don't know. I was lucky enough, fortunate enough to be surrounded by powerful, independent, no nonsense, no bullshit, no fucks given women. And I'm thankful for that on this Wednesday and every Wednesday, and this Thanksgiving and every Thanksgiving. Because I'll be honest with you, it's been my experience over the fifth, last 50 years that Granted, I'm, females are capable of lying, but on a consistent basis, on a, on a more dependable timeline, on, on a more, what's the words I'm looking for? I'm lost for words right now. But basically the point is history has proven to me in my life that women have always been more honest and upfront with me than men ever have, you know? I hear women talking about, you know, they're leery of their female coworkers or they're leery of some people in their lives that are female. They're, oh, they're, they're shady. They're up to something, you know, they're being deceptive. They can't hold a candle to what men do to each other. Can't hold a fucking candle. I work in an office full of the shadiest motherfuckers I've ever met. And they're all men, all of them shady as fuck. Always up to something. We call it squirreling. They're always squirreling away their nuts, trying to trying to be all shady and shit. But that's that's how it is. Women have the shit figured out. Guys, they're smarter than we are. And there's no reason to be upset about it. It's not, I'm not telling you something to make you feel bad. It's just how it is. I learned to appreciate it a long time ago. As an example, in life, if I ever needed an opinion about anything that was important to me, anything that was important going on in my life, I always asked a woman. Always. Because they've been honest with me. I've never asked a man an opinion on much of anything. Because I always feel like they're up to something. They're up to take advantage of me to make their situation better. So I can't trust that shit. But I'm sure there are women out there that I don't want their opinions, and I'm sure there are women out there that are not trustworthy. I'm sure there are somewhere. Luckily, I don't really know any of them, but I'm sure they're out there. So this is how I feel about the situation. 
I think men think they're smarter. Men think they're in charge because women allow them to feel that way. That's it. That's all. But um, moving forward, I think we need to figure this shit out. As men, as men, talking to you dudes out there, we got to figure this shit out. Because the fact that men think they're in charge and the fact that men think that they know everything is leading us to disaster. Our country is in turmoil. Our world could be in peril. It's not going to be a woman that launches a nuclear weapon from Russia. No, it's going to be Vladimir Putin. And he's a dude. So think about that. All the capabilities out there that could destroy us, that could kill us all, right? All the way back to the beginning of time, kill us all. Now, those threats have always come from men. Our total destruction, mass destruction of all life and civilization on planet Earth has only been in jeopardy and has only been feared because of the men in charge of these powerful tools. Not a woman. I've never heard once the thought that a woman would start a nuclear attack here on planet Earth. Not once. Think about that. Men have been in charge of religion. They've been in charge of the government. And they've been in charge of the militaries. Well, forever. And we've only gotten worse. So, what do you think? I personally think we need to realize that women with their motherly instincts and their ability to think things through and their ability to rationalize should probably be running shit, should probably be in charge. Because we haven't done a very good job as men of taking care of that. So we need a female president. We need some females who will stand up like my grandmother did and say, you know what? You can't tell me what I can or can't do. You can tell yourself that you can tell me what I can or can't do, but you can't do it. It's not going to happen. That's what we need. We need women who are strong, independent, and fearless to take over, to run the shit. That's what we need. Because the direction we're all going right now with this religious bias bullshit and, and just straight up sexism because the Bible said so is going to end up killing all of us. You know, Vladimir Putin is the perfect example over there in Russia with his finger on the weapon and he's threatened to use it. He's a perfect example of why we shouldn't let men necessarily run everything. Now, people will say, oh, well, he's a dictator. They didn't have any choice. He wasn't really truly elected in a legit election to run shit. And here we are in the good old USA talking about the legitimacy of elections. Every couple of years now, it comes around. Oh, one side says, the elections are not legitimate. 
it's all fraud. It's all fixed. It's all, the election was stolen. That's exactly how Putin ended up in charge. He created doubt. He created fear. And he's a dude. So, all right. I'm not going to bash men anymore. I know there's some great people out there. Some great dudes out there. My grandfather was a great, great man. Part of what made him great is he always believed that the women in his life were equal to him. Going back to his mother, going back to his sisters that he grew up with on the farm in Louisiana, going back to my grandmother, even though they got a divorce, he still viewed her as an equal. And my other grandmother that I haven't talked about, my step-grandmother, who he remarried and moved to Virginia and had a great second half of his life with, she was an amazing woman as well, and he treated her as an equal. And it wasn't bullshit. I remember they became religious later on in their life when I became a teenager or early teens. And the one thing my grandfather never, ever agreed with in the Bible or any service that he ever went to, he never believed that somehow he was above his wife. He never believed that somehow she was lesser than him. Never. And in my heart, that's what I believe any good man would say and believe. Not just say it, but believe it. I I know several guys. I work with a couple of them that'll say, oh, you know, my wife is the greatest thing ever happened to me. She is the most wonderful mother to my children. She is the absolute love of my life. But the Bible says I'm in charge. Yeah, the Bible says a lot of things. None of which I believe. Thank you for listening. So anyway, that's it. I'm going to wrap this thing up. I just wanted to come at you with a little bit of what I'm thankful for the day before Thanksgiving on this Wednesday sermon. I hope you enjoyed it. And dudes, please don't be mad. Please don't be mad. You you know what I said was true. A woman will never lead us to war. Now, they might get us into a couple battles two or three days a month, but never a full, full I can't talk, a full-fledged war. Tried to make a joke and fucked it up in the end. Story of my life. But anyway, thank you for listening. If this was your first time, I hope you got something out of it. Hope you enjoyed it. Please tell a friend, tell a family member, tell an enemy, tell a coworker, tell somebody. That's the uh, best compliment you can give me and this podcast is to spread the word, spread the message, spread the glory, all that shit, spread something. Um, If you're a repeat listener, thank you very much for your time. I greatly appreciate it. I know everybody's busy. Everybody's got a lot going on. But the fact that you're listening to the sound of my voice on more than one occasion, um, I I greatly appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, If you would like to connect with me, if you would like to talk, if you would like to send me some some ideas, some messages, some encouragement, encouragement, some hatred, whatever you want to send me. I don't care. Uh, please email me. My email is the Bible Belt Atheist Podcast at gmail.com. No capital letters, no punctuation, just the Bible Belt Atheist Podcast at gmail.com. Now, when you're with your families tomorrow and over the weekend and you're celebrating Thanksgiving, 
take it easy on all the dudes. I mean, here's the deal. The women are letting the dudes carve the turkeys. Okay. That's the sole reason why the emergency room is so fucking busy on Thanksgiving because women let men carve turkeys. So just thought. Anyway, thank you for listening. And now get out there and get to sinning, would you?